Hello and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. It's day five of the five-day happiness challenge. If you've listened to all of the episodes, thank you so much for sticking with me. I hope you found it useful. The day five tip is a really important one and it sort of dovetails with all of the others that we've spoken about so far. It's about letting go. Letting go of some of the things that are piled up in front of that door of our happiness. Letting go of the expectations that stop us from being able to do the things we need to do or experience happiness in the moments of our lives. And letting go of some of the stories we tell ourselves about who we are, what we're capable of, what happiness is, what success is, and a whole host of other things. This is a tough lesson to learn. It's one of my favorite lessons and it's one I'm still learning and will probably be learning for my whole life. But I think once we start on this path, we're well on our way to creating a happier life. So let's get started. So many of us live our lives out of sync with the things that we value. And I think the underlying reason is that we hold on to things that no longer serve us. And possibly things that never served us in the first place. Holocaust survivor Edith Egger puts it perfectly in her book, The Gift. She says, I now recognize that the most damaging prison is in our mind and the key is in our pocket. As someone who struggled with depression and an eating disorder for, well, my whole, almost my whole adult life, I can honestly say that really resonated with me the whole idea about self-created mental prisons. And I think the thing I continue to learn, and I hope this episode helps you with as well, is that so much of my extended suffering, and possibly so much of yours, comes down to the things that we hold on to, even though the best possible thing we could do is put them down and let them go. Although it's really easy to say that, it's certainly in my experience, it's been one of the hardest things to do. But what I have found is that once I become aware of the things that I am actually holding on to and I don't necessarily have to, I might not in that moment know how to let go or feel able to do so, but identifying whatever it is, is the first step. And then over time, you begin to figure out the actual mechanics of letting go. So that's the goal of today's episode, is to kind of explore some of the things that are worth letting go of if you want to experience greater happiness, and then just identify them. Even if you're not ready to do anything about it, just know that there's something in there that if you let go of it would allow you to experience greater happiness. The process of letting go can take a long time, and much like emotional stuff that you're dealing with can require the help of a qualified professional, but when you do find yourself able to let go, you will experience greater happiness. Now in this episode, I'm focusing on the patterns and the everyday ways in which we hold onto things that don't serve us. So I'm not going down the road of past traumas or great losses and things that can carry really deep and long-lasting emotional scars. I don't feel that I'm the right person to talk about those types of things. But regardless of whether you've experienced those things, there will be other things in your life and in your mind that you're holding on to and that by holding on to them, keep you in that mental prison and in doing so, cost you some of your happiness. Those are the types of things I'll explore here. Having spoken to many hundreds of people over the years through my training and coaching practice, 
I think there's a theme, a commonality and a pattern in the things most of us hold on to. Certainly those of us who are raised in a Western culture. And when I read and listen to other people in the kind of self-help, self-improvement world, they often reference the same theme and pattern too. And it's got to do with the belief that a happy life is an obstacle-free life and the expectation that that's what we need to create for ourselves in order to be happy. Of course, what we don't realize is that by thinking that way, we are telling ourselves that while there are obstacles, there's no happiness. And that underlying theme or pattern carries into all kinds of other beliefs and stories about ourselves, about other people, about our lives. So going back to yesterday's episode where we talked about expectations, the expectation of a trouble-free life as a happy life is one that ultimately will lead you to unhappiness and dissatisfaction. Because if you have an obstacle-free life, I can promise you it's temporary. Just hold on, something will happen. And to be fair, with the world as it is right now in the middle of a global pandemic and all sorts of political chaos, the likelihood is that even if you aren't creating your own obstacles, the obstacles are right there. And that's the other challenge. We don't have control over the obstacles we end up having to face. One of the best lessons I continue to learn is the letting go of the illusion of control. Which is ironic because one of Big Happy Life's goals is to feel in control of your life. And yet the great irony is that in order to feel in control of your life, you have to recognize the fact that you are not in control of any of it. You're only in control of your choices. So everything we have done up until this point is leading towards making choices in favor and in the direction of the things that serve you well. And to set your choices up that way, you need certain abilities, like the ability to fatten the good, the ability to observe your thoughts and recognize when you've got shark music playing so that you can intervene before it affects your choices, the ability to reflect on what you feel and learn the lessons that your experiences hold. And finally, the ability to challenge your expectations and to recognize how they can imprison you in a belief system that leaves you feeling like somehow you're failing. Because that's the thing with the expectation of an obstacle-free life or the belief that money and success and power will be the road to happiness. If your life is filled with challenges and you don't have millions in the bank, what does that say about you? That was the problem I had for years. There was something wrong with me. I'm reading all these books, I'm doing all this stuff, and yet I can't find my way to this perfect life. I keep ending up in loops, I keep ending up back where I started. Just when I gain traction towards something, some other damn thing comes out of nowhere and knocks me off course, or I commit to something, but I, for whatever reason, struggle to stick with it. I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. These obstacles and the reasons to see ourselves as less than are all over the place. The injury you sustain when you're out exercising for the first time because you've decided to get fitter. The criticism you get because you stuck your neck out and did something that you were scared to do and it didn't go the way you wanted. The global pandemic that happened just as your business was taking off. The source of the obstacles is irrelevant. And the point of this episode is not to get rid of the obstacles. It's to let go of the belief that you're meant to in order to be happy. The problem with any thought process that causes you to think your happiness is waiting for you somewhere else, some future point after you've gone through whatever it is you're going through, is threefold. 
First, it moves your happiness away from you. It becomes something that exists in the future rather than now, which means you can't have it because you only ever get to live now. So that's the second problem. We spend such a lot of time looking forward towards the thing that we think will make us happy or the time in which we believe we will be happy after we've achieved the goal or whatever it is, that we take our attention off now. And now is the only moment over which we have any control. Because like I said at the beginning, the one thing we are able to do is manage our choices. And I can tell you from experience, when your focus is on now, this moment, versus the thing you think will make you happy, your choices will change. And ultimately, you start paying attention to the things that make you happy now. Not the things that make you comfortable, the things that make you happy the things you actually value, which basically is the third problem, that you prioritize things that you later come to realize were of little or no value, and that you've lost the opportunities to prioritize the things that you did value. One of my favorite movies of all time is called About Time. And the first time I watched it, I cried for hours afterwards. I don't want to give away the whole plot of the movie in case you haven't seen it, but it's about a man who can time travel within his own life so he can go back to previous moments and either relive them or change them. At the end of the movie, there's this bit where he talks about what the ability to go back and relive has shown him. Like I say, I don't want to ruin it for you, so I won't go any further than that, but I'm sure you can guess the kinds of things that he comes to prioritize and that he learns to pay attention to while he lives them the first time around so he doesn't have to go back and relive them. Even talking about it makes me a bit emotional because it's intensely difficult to do. And I'm acutely aware that I often still prioritize the wrong things and throw my happiness into the future and then look at the moments that I have lost and go, damn it. But like I said at the start, that's the whole point. We're all learning. We're all trying to navigate the obstacles and we're all trying to make sense of it. We're not perfect. That's another thing to let go of. If you miss the lesson this time around, you can put yourself in a prison where you repeatedly beat yourself for failing or you can recognize that you missed an opportunity and make sure you don't miss it next time. To do that, you've got to have your attention on now. There are many, many more things we can all benefit from letting go of. But if I talked about all of them, we'd be here for days. And for the purposes of a five-day challenge, what we've covered so far is enough to get us started. So let's get into the habits that can help you learn to let go. My personal recommendation for the most amazing letting go habit is meditation. The thing that causes you to hold on when letting go would be the better option is your thoughts. And meditation is one of the best ways I have found to practice the skill of calming my thoughts. I took a course on transcendental meditation in the summer of 2019. And it was well into 2020 before I felt like I was beginning to get the hang of it. I'd still say I'm a pretty crappy meditator. But what I can also tell you is that every single day when I sit down to meditate, for 20 minutes usually, You're supposed to do transcendental meditation twice a day, but I only do it once. But either way, every day for that 20 minute period, I repeatedly have to let go of my thoughts to return to that kind of quiet space between thoughts. But remember what I said to you yesterday about how the brain rewires itself. 
the more you do something, the more your brain creates shortcuts for you to be able to do it again. So what I have found is that when my thoughts become loud and scary and the shark music is playing, I can calm them in the same way as I would in meditation. It allows me to let go of the shark music. That's your second habit. Let go of the shark music. Now, if you've listened to day two, you'll remember that shark music thoughts have their focus in the past or the future. So the habit is to return your focus to the present moment. That's very similar to meditation. And if you remember from day two, the way we can do that is with breath work, focus on the body, and you can also focus on your surroundings and actively bring your attention to where you are now and what's happening now. The third habit, which is specific to letting go of this idea of an obstacle-free life, is to ask yourself the question, what is this experience doing for me? The underlying thought process behind this question is that everything we experience in our lives has the capacity to teach us something, to help us grow, to push us into territory that we might not otherwise go on our own, and to allow us to have experiences that, if we manage them well, allow us to demonstrate to ourselves that we are capable of creating a happy and fulfilling life under any circumstances. You need only do a quick Google search to find hundreds of inspiring people who can prove that to be true. Thinking that way also helps us become comfortable with the discomfort of the emotions that go with whatever the obstacles are that we're facing. This stuff doesn't feel good, but once you are sure that you can have experiences that feel horrible and you can still be happy, you're much more able to make the choices in the moment that will serve you well because you're not freaking out on top of whatever you're experiencing. By the way, the wording of this question, what is this experience doing for me, is really important. Why is this happening to me? Not the same. What do I have to do to get out of it? Nope. The underlying assumption that the experience is offering you something of value is the key to answering the question in such a way that you can go through the experience feeling stronger, and more resilient, and therefore better able to access your happiness while it's going on. And the final habit is to become conscious of the expectations driving your thoughts and your choices and your experiences. So that feeds into everything we spoke about yesterday. All of those tips and habits together will help you recognize the things you're holding on to and also help you figure out how to possibly let go of them. And of course, it's no coincidence that they feed into days one, two, three, and four. All of these things work together. It doesn't really matter which of the habits you start with. Any change you make in the direction of things you genuinely value and feel fulfilled by will improve your happiness. And any changes you make that allow you to trust yourself more, feel more resilient, and know that no matter what the world throws at you, you can cope, you'll feel happier too. But do remember that none of us stay happy all of the time. That was never the point. The point was to remind us all that our happiness is always there. How much we see and experience is determined by the choices we make, the things we pay attention to, and what we look for and tell ourselves. I really hope this series has helped you reflect on some of those things for yourself and has helped clear some of the stuff away from the door to your happiness so you're able to come and go more freely and enjoy it more often. If you have found the series helpful, please leave a review. If you think it needs improvement, I'd love your feedback. And if you need help figuring out what to do with the information, get in touch via the Facebook page, Big Happy Life page. Ask your question, make your comment, 
or let me know if you'd prefer to chat one-to-one. Thank you again for listening to this series. It's been great recording it. I'm really looking forward to learning more lessons and sharing them with you. If you haven't already done so, hit the subscribe button in whatever podcast app you're using, and then you'll be notified when new episodes go live. But for now, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.